Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023, and it didn't happen. Donald Trump is not in jail. The uh, New York grand jury hearing on Trump hush money has been delayed. Uh, it's in all the headlines, everything from the BBC to the Hill. Uh, the hush money probe canceled, at least for the moment. Um, but lots of other legal stuff going on. Uh, appeals court ordered, according to the New York Times, a Trump lawyer to hand over records in another documents inquiry. Some people think that this whole thing with Stormy Daniels is inappropriate to get Trump on. Ed, Ed Luce, excellent FT uh, US correspondent, suggests it's unwise to get Trump on a technicality. Trump himself, though, seems to want this, what the New York Times calls a perp walk. Apparently, according to them, he has a fixation. It's probably not the only thing he has a fixation on. Meanwhile, there is a civil war within the Republican Party itself. Ron DeSantis made some rather unsympathetic remarks about Trump's investigation and possibly going to jail. The reality is it's kind of confusing. Um, he faces a number of different investigations. And every day, it seems, in the New York Times and other serious newspapers, we have a summary of that. Uh, Politico also has a piece about everything you should know about a potential Trump indictment. Uh, we've decided to go to an expert to talk about it. Kevin O'Brien is a former assistant U.S. attorney to the Department of Justice. He's talking to us from his home in Stanford, Connecticut. And he's a lawyer with his finger on what exactly is going on. Kevin, elucidate us. Tell us what's really happening here. It's so confusing. So many different investigations, so many accusations flying all over. What's your analysis of what's happening uh, as of uh, uh, Pacific time afternoon of March 23, 2023? Well, it seems uh, incontrovertible that there's been no indictment today. And I don't think the grand jury even met, which takes some people by surprise. Uh, one has to assume, based on all the evidence coming in, however, that there will be an indictment sooner or later, perhaps, perhaps this week, perhaps next week. Uh, and the indictment, although it's got some legal difficulties, uh, and also some factual weaknesses that will have to be uh, addressed should there be a trial, that indictment will probably be returned by this grand jury and uh, Mr. Trump will face the consequences. So he's going to do the perp walk. Um, it's all associated, of course, with a former or maybe even current pornography actress, Stormy Daniels. Uh, how appropriate is all this? It's a, good, it's a good question, Andrew. It's I'll, I'll leave the sort of political uh, analysis to others better situated, but it certainly appears to be legally uh, a valid indictment without commenting on the strength of the evidence. 
it's a it's an indictment that the grand jury sitting here in New York will probably return. And it's a case that will therefore go to trial. And most likely a New York jury would vote to convict him. Um, there may be issues on appeal. We don't know that process hasn't played out. But that doesn't speak to the larger question of the, the wisdom of this particular approach, given all the other investigations that are underway and given the fractured state of this country's political culture at the moment and uh, the inability on uh, the two political parties to agree on the most basic things for the country, none of this is gonna be helped um, by the Manhattan DA's decision, apparent decision to seek an indictment in this case. So what exactly, Kevin, is Trump accused of doing in this particular case with Stormy Daniels? Well, if the reports are accurate, he's accused of uh, basically putting out a false story to explain the hush money payments that went through his lawyer at the time, Michael Cohn, to the porn star Stormy Daniels. Those payments totaled about 140000 uh, They allegedly concocted a scheme to call those legal fees to Cohen and Cohen then uh, sent them through various other channels to Stormy Daniels. The legal hook, it's a little technical, um, which is itself a problem uh, that it is so technical, but the legal hook is that um, these payments were characterized on the books as legal fees for Michael Cohn, and that was a fiction. They were not legal fees, they were passed through. Um, Cohn actually paid taxes on them because the theory was they were fees earned by him in service to Donald Trump. When in fact, through the back door, Trump reimbursed him for those taxes. So the whole idea of a, of a, of a payment that required, uh, to Cohn that required him to pay taxes is allegedly a complete fiction. And that's the false business record uh, end of the, of, the, uh, of the case. I'm always nervous when the New York Times suggests that um, uh, Trump is disconnected from his own reality. Every time we have those reports, he seems to come out as a winner. In your sense, I mean, I know you're not a Trump expert, but you've been following this case and you have a great deal of experience and understanding of uh, of the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice. Do you think he knows what he's doing? Generally or in this particular case? In this particular case. Is he, as always, managing it according to the, the Donald Trump show and coming out as a winner? Well, by his lights, he's managing it just fine. He doesn't have much to do. He just has to play the victim which he's doing in spades. And um, the fact that another day goes by and there's no indictment, it kind of adds to the circus-like atmosphere surrounding the case, which isn't good for the administrative administration of justice. It isn't good for the Manhattan DA. Is the Manhattan DA, Kevin, do you think they're getting cold feet? Are they concerned with the, the political ramifications. I mean, in, in your mind, 
I'm no great fan of Donald Trump. I don't suppose you are. Most people aren't who at least come on this show or watch this show. But is it a political case? If, if, if this was a case associated with someone that no one had ever heard of, would it end up in court, do you think? I have to credit the Manhattan DA. I know a number of people on his staff uh, and uh, in his office, and uh, it's a fine office. And I have to believe that if they're going to proceed with this case, they have a belief that it's valid in law and in fact. And I think various people have pointed out that these false business records cases are not unusual. And sometimes they're based on uh, even less significant facts and less significant amounts of money than we have here. But what makes this different is there's a history with Trump and this office. There was once a, a major investigation, which was well underway. And then Alvin Bragg took over as DA and he quashed the whole thing. And he let it be known that he thought the case was weak. And two senior prosecutors quit in protest. One of them wrote a book. Uh, and then suddenly, from, from nowhere, really, a portion of this case is revived. And that's the Stormy Daniels portion. And that's, that's what we're faced with now. So uh, you can hear the right-wing narrative. Uh, it's been out there for days, which is Alvin Bragg is either doesn't know what he's doing or he knows full well what he's doing. And he knows he's been an unsuccessful DA. He's in the most anti-Trump jurisdiction in the country. Manhattan is where all his voters are. It's an elected job. And to win those voters, he's got to do something against Trump. He's got to prove his mettle. And so what does he do but revive this uh, forgotten corner of the case? And now he's seek, seeking a true bill on these facts. That, that's, that's the way it's being spun. Again, I, I don't think the good people in that office would behave that way. Well, you're, you're, you're giving me, Kevin, two, two different messages. You're saying that the DA is in his interest to, to, to do this, to, to, to pursue this case in terms of re-election. And you keep on talking about the good people in the office. So, Well, I want to be clear. I'm saying that's how yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm not suggesting they're corrupt or in anyone's right. pocket. But that's yeah. how it's being spun by Trump supporters and enemies of the Manhattan uh, district attorney. As I said, you're a, an old time, uh, not too old, but uh, you're an experienced uh, guy. Are you former assistant U.S. attorney to the Department of Justice? How equivalent is this, for example, to Whitewater and the, the whole huge white right wing plot that Hillary and Bill Clinton claimed was driving that investigation? Well, that would be the analogy. And... Uh... I think at the end of the day, there wasn't much to go on there. And uh, the prosecuting authorities, including Ken Starr, looked fairly silly uh, at the end of it. Uh, and that's the analogy that pro-Trump supporters are making now. I mean, this is at least a concrete case. I mean, it was never even entirely clear to me what the Clintons were accused of doing at Whitewater. Right. Well, there were there were questions about truthfulness and deposition testimony and whatnot. 
but you're right. This is a concrete case. There are specific statutes that address these facts. Keep in mind, again, Michael Cohen was indicted and convicted. So they have Cohen. So the so, same facts. In so the, DA, the DA presumably will leverage Michael Cohen centrally in this. But what could, if it does end up in court, what could Trump's defense be? Either I'm guessing, and I'm no legal expert, either he will say you should never trust anything that Michael Cohen says, he's a proven liar, or he can blame someone else. I mean, that's his expertise, he's always finding someone else to blame. How would you expect him to defend himself apart from the, the, this whole victimization spiel? Well, it's a good, very good question. I, you know, he has denied, for example, that he had a, any kind of a relationship with Stormy Daniels. But if he takes that story into trial, he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to come out on the losing end. It, it would be better for him to choose a narrow defense. Keep in mind, the charges are uh, false instruments designed to, uh, to, uh, obscure the fact that these payments were made uh, in order to keep the, the whole subject out of the newspapers right before the presidential election, 2016 presidential election. He might plausibly be able to maintain without testifying, he shouldn't testify, but he might plausibly be able to maintain that his sole concern was uh, keeping this uh, uh, away from uh, his wife and uh, not embarrassing her and uh, not creating a rift between them in the household. Um, that defense has been used before. John Edwards, a democratic politician faced with somewhat similar charges, um, uh, used that very defense and it was successful. That was some years ago. Won't this, though, I mean, inevitably, if, if, if Trump claims he wasn't involved in a sexual relationship with Stormy Daniels, she'll show up in this court case. Won't this all be dragged down to the most absurd vulgarity of one kind or other? And uh, as we suggested earlier, really transform the law into soap opera. It already is tottering the law, lots of fronts, the credibility of the Supreme Court other trials, but isn't this rather dangerous in terms of the legal culture of the United States? Yes, I hear your point. And, uh, but, uh, you know, there are, there are answers to that. One is, this is the, the bed that Donald Trump made, no, no pun intended. Yeah, and it's an ugly one, too, I think. Uh, the, the, the more significant point, perhaps, would be that this case is really about the public's right to honesty when it comes to its uh, political candidates running, in this case, for the highest office, the office of president of the United States. What happens if he is found guilty, if he does go to trial? Would that uh, mean that he, he wouldn't be able to run again for president? No, it doesn't, uh, which is another strange circumstance um, you would think that someone under indictment, um, even under these circumstances, which are unusual, someone under indictment wouldn't be able to win election to the presidency. 
But according to most polls, the race right now is tight and he could be elected. Unfortunately, there's nothing in the constitution or elsewhere that would disqualify him from serving. Um, that's not the case with other in, uh, crimes being investigated, such as the January 6th riot. There, there's a constitutional provision against insurrectionists. Dates back to the Civil War. It was designed to keep Confederate officers from holding federal office. But that wouldn't apply here. This is not a case about insurrection. So unfortunately, we would have to live with the consequences, even if Trump were convicted. It's almost as if, Kevin, a Hollywood screenwriter, or perhaps that's an insult to Hollywood, some sort of screenwriter was 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 creating this narrative that Trump will be found guilty, but he will run again and win the nomination. And we're going to have the most, I mean, the last election in 2020 was pretty bizarre, pretty surreal. We're going to have an even more surreal election in 2024, where we have a man who's found guilty in court of, uh, of this legal violation. Uh, could he go to jail for it? Uh, I believe if it's a misdemeanor, it's uh, punishable in to, with jail up to one year. If, the, if they're able to elevate it to a felony, I believe the maximum is uh, four years. New York, Could he run for if, if If he's found guilty and he's sentenced to jail, could he still run for president? Yes. So yeah. we could conceivably in 2024 have an election where Donald Trump is nominated by the Republican Party and um, and operates his his campaign. I use that word carefully. Operates the campaign from a from a jail room. Uh, it, it's coming down to the wire. I'm not sure about uh, all the calculations here, but it's it's likely that uh, a trial is. Let's assume he's indicted next week. Uh, the trial process is going to be slow. Trump is going to make it his mission to make sure that it's slow. And he's going to make countless motions. Many of these motions in state court are appealable. Uh, so there's delay. He's going to make it his mission to delay the trial as long as possible. And I don't know how it comes out, but I'd be very surprised if that process would be complete including an appeal to the higher courts by the time of the 2024 presidential election. In other words, there would still be a process left to complete when that election were held. And meanwhile, of course, he would feast off the publicity and the uproar. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, Kevin, there are several other investigations. You understand the law. A lot of people are mystified by it. Is there any coordination when it comes to all these investigations or is that in itself against the law? Well, it's not against the law, but we live in a federal system and states are theoretically autonomous to do their thing. And right now we have two states whose authorities are investigating Trump, one in New York, that's the Manhattan DA, and one in Georgia, the Fulton County DA. And then there's the federal folks. They have at least two criminal investigations up and running. They, those two investigations are being coordinated 
Yeah, that, and that's more into his business uh, dealings, yeah. broader business dealings. No, one is uh, based on the spiriting of classified documents. All oh, right. Uh, which he then held on to and didn't tell the truth about. And, and there's so, some evidence of obstruction of justice there. The other one is much more significant in theory, and that's the January 6th uprising, which he's being investigated for. What about the New York investigation of his business dealings? Was that called off? No, there was a civil case filed um, by the New York Attorney General involving those dealings. And that case is also underway, but it's not a criminal case. It carries fairly heavy financial penalties, but it does not involve prison. So of these four criminal cases, I'm guessing the most appropriate in political terms would be the, the January 6th one. Is that fair? I mean, it's, it's certainly less trivial, it would seem, than the Stormy Daniels one. I would agree with you. That is uh, a most serious potential charge. But the case has, it's sprawling. It's unwieldy. Uh, there are lots of loose ends, lots of witnesses, lots of expensive lawyers. Um, I think it's taken the Department of Justice, although it's in very capable hands, quite a bit of time to wrap its arms around this investigation. Now, you can argue they got a late start. They should have been on this uh, the first day of Biden's term. And by all accounts, they were not. Um, they really didn't swing into high gear until the January 6th committee held its public hearings not too long ago. But even so, it's a very difficult investigation and I have no expectation that it'll be completed soon. I may be wrong. In terms of the Trump narrative, if you want to call it a show, a soap opera, there are lots of ways of describing it. It would seem appropriate, Kevin, that this all ends in court, in law, because Trump has always leveraged the law for his own benefit. So it's a, it's a perfect ending, hopefully ending at least, to the, the Donald Trump story. Is that fair? It is. You know, you're right. He's, he's been like the roadrunner all these years. <laughs> yeah. The, the boulder never falls on him. I like that, Kevin. The, the legal roadrunner. That's what right. he is. Other people do time. Michael Cohen does time. Steve Bannon gets convicted. But Donald Trump, no. We'll see if that luck continues. So what's your prediction here? I mean, well, let me ask you two questions. Firstly, what would you like to happen? What, what in your view, would be the the most appropriate legal ending. I guess the most appropriate legal ending would be that DeSantis defeats him and, and, and Trump slinks off and, and people just lose interest broadly in him. Was that the best outcome? Well, my personal view is, is that uh, it would be a good thing if uh, Mr. Trump never held office again, but that's just my personal view. As a lawyer, I have to be somewhat agnostic about these cases because... I'm reading the same press reports everyone else is. Um, and I have educated guesses and hunches, but I don't know. And uh, 
apparently not even a grand jury, let alone a regular jury in a trial, has had an opportunity to weigh on, uh, weigh in on those charges. And that's the, in our system, that's the only decision that counts. What are lawyers saying to one another, your friends? Uh, my wife's a lawyer. She continually tells me it's a slam dunk and that Trump will end up in jail, but I don't see him. Well, I practice in New York City, which is uh, not exactly a bastion of Trump support and never has been. Uh, going way back to before he was president. We saw all of his shenanigans going going way back, campaign finance abuses, uh, zoning abuses, uh, housing discrimination abuses. Um, he's been around the block and it's all been in the newspapers. So he has a very negative image and I'm afraid that negative in images has uh, affected me as well. But again, that's... My private views are not important. What but happens, are your, when, when, you, when you lunch or golf or whatever you do with your lawyer friends, do you all mutter about not just how awful Trump is, that's not the issue, but how much of a farce he's made the legal system itself? Yeah, these, are, these are searching questions. I have to say we've gone beyond that point. I mean... Talking about Trump now is beyond painful. It's boring. Uh, uh, he's done nothing to change anyone's initial expectations. If anything, he's reinforced them. But it's not something that's a hot topic. Uh, I mean, maybe this for him this is the only way he can keep himself in the public eye, keep himself on the on the front page of serious newspapers like the New York Times. That has um, been said, and, and that, again, makes you wonder. Uh, you were talking about the wisdom of this prosecution. Uh, leaving aside the legal wisdom, which is different, the wisdom in the larger sense, you really have to question uh, what this is all about and what it's going to mean for not only our legal system, but our political system. Well, let's end on... The legal system, leaving aside the political system, you're a lawyer. Trump has made a mockery in many ways of the American legal system. And I think most people would argue that um, that this rather sad, tawdry chapter in American legal history shouldn't be replayed. What kind of reforms could be made to the American legal system to make sure that a, a future Donald Trump a future legal roadrunner can't make the same mockery of the system? It's a good question. I think I have to say this, Andrew, on the whole, the legal system is held up pretty well among all the institutions of government. I mean, we've seen, we've seen Congress degraded. We've seen the Supreme Court uh, to an extent compromised. We've seen, we've even seen the press uh, compromised by Trump. Uh, but the legal system has, by and large, held its ground. Uh, I, for one, think uh, the Justice Department should uh, rethink its rule against indicting uh, sitting presidents. Uh, I, I, 
I think that gives away too much. You can have an indictment and shelve it until the president leaves office. But I don't think um, when evidence is amassed, which is significant and compelling on a number of fronts, I don't think that sitting president should be able to act with impunity. And I think that was a mistake. It hampered the Mueller investigation from the very start. And that was the beginning of, mm. of, of Trump's ability to run roughshod over our legal norms. Yeah, I think back nostalgically now to the Mueller investigation. At right. the time, it seemed rather absurd. But today, it seems enormously serious compared to this Stormy Daniels case. Yes. Agreed.